I see certain tendencies or thoughts or patterns that may have been there before that I remember were there before, but when I see them now, when they come up again now in different situations, I... I'm not as attached to them. I think I went through a period of my life where I couldn't see my mind. I couldn't see my thoughts. And then I saw them and I was so disappointed in them. And that disappointment actually made them stronger and more frequent and and really fed them. And then after that, when I realized that... um, I'm not my mind, and that the thoughts that I have are not the truth of me. Then I started to give less importance to what was occurring in the mind. And um, that's kind of where I'm at now. And I have a lot of the thoughts that I had before, but they're a lot less common. Um, at least most of the time, their occurrence is a lot more rare. And I, and I know that that is due to the less significance that, I, that I've been giving them. And because I haven't been feeding them as much, they don't bother as much. They don't come as much. And the ones that still do come and occur more than others, I'm feeding more than others. So it's interesting to see how the thoughts that were so strong at one point that I'm not anymore. I never was, and now I realize that I realize that I'm not them and they fade and something that can pull me so strongly in one moment subsides or is totally gone in the next and I would often especially in recent years get frustrated when my attention would go here and there and everywhere. And one thing that has significantly helped me in Muji's pointings is that when the, when the attention diverts, there's still something that recognizes that it is, di- that it is being diverted that it is diverting, that it is leaving. But the thing that sees the attention leaving and that even plays with the attention while it's distracted, that even is there present while the distraction is occurring, that thing never goes anywhere. And since 
since hearing and discovering this, it's been such a, a godsend to know that the I am is always here. Even when my attention isn't, in a way my, in a way it always is, in a way my attention and attention always is because there's something that is always, always seeing and experiencing. There's something that is always here. And that is here for every thought, distraction, wanted, unwanted thought, every divergence, every, every transgression, every, everything, every escape, every, I don't really know as much where I was before when my attention would divert, when I would get distracted because I would, I don't remember. And it felt like I was gone for minutes at a time. And I don't remember where my attention would go, but maybe I don't remember because it wasn't important. Maybe it's, Maybe it's the way that it is now, when I go from one day to the next, um, or one hour to the next, and I don't remember where, what my distractions were in the last hour. Probably was distracted, at least somewhat, um, especially if I wasn't in some focused activity, using my mind. But I guilted myself um, since my awakening, since the last three years. And I would, um, I would tell myself that, that I didn't know where my attention was when I would zone out for minutes at a time um, prior to my awakening from as far back as I can remember. I don't, I don't remember. And I think I was prioritizing that so much and making that such a priority and putting so much emphasis on the fact that I didn't know where my attention was, had gone because for the first time I felt like I could see where my attention was, where it was going when I was distracted, and I didn't like the thoughts, and some of the thoughts had been the, the reason for the breakup of, of my relationship. And so I think because of that, those were the thoughts that I disliked the most because they had they had caused the the greatest thing that had destroyed my identity 
And because of that, I started doing all this research in my mind. Like, where, where had my attention gone in the first 30 years of my life? And really, where had it gone? Because I wanted to know if it was thinking of the thoughts that I had been privileged to see now. And if we can't actually see it, if we don't actually know that it's happening, is it happening? No, my answer would be today because my awareness today actually sees, it sees everything in my experience. So if my awareness didn't see that in my experience before, then... I can't say that it happened, that I, that I even had those thoughts before. Not that it's important in the way that it was three years ago when I, um, when my identity was destroyed. Because today I realize that I'm not those thoughts anyway. But there was a curiosity in me that was, that was really trying to figure out did I cheat before in my mind? And um, in my in the thoughts that I had, I can't um, or did I did I have the thoughts about people that I have today? And the answer is no, I had different thoughts. I had thoughts of um, sexually being with people or emotionally being with them but the um and those were within my awareness because i saw them to know that i had them to know today that i had them but the but the recurring thoughts um and triggers that wouldn't leave me alone that today in the last three years the involuntary ones that i felt um, that I felt were involuntary and a lot of, I mean, I, I still can't answer that. Um, were they, uh, yes, because yes, I actually can. But the reason that they were involuntary is because I was feeding them. Um, and I was feeding them because I placed so much importance on them and I placed so much importance on them because my identity was tied to them and their presence destroyed my identity and i guess i'm most grateful for for those involuntary thoughts <laughs> because because they not only destroyed my identity but now i know that um i mean the the destruction of my identity was was the birth of my was the birth of me, was the birth of, of the truth, was the recognition of the truth that had, that had always been. So man, those, those thoughts that were connected to my identity, um, that resulted in the, in the separation of my relationship, which then resulted in the destruction of my identity was, was the best thing that ever happened to me. And um, 
today when um, those thoughts occur, it's it's just like there's there's no importance given to them, and so they don't they're not fed, and um, and I think they're um, they're suffocated uh, much of the time, and because or starved. I mean, not starved in the sense that. Um, you know, they're not fed, but they're hungry. But the mind is, you know, it's when it's not fed, it doesn't, it doesn't remain hungry. It's not like, it's not like our stomach. It just goes away. And, um, that's been a, a great realization that and it started with the, the thoughts that most plagued me, that were the most disturbing, that I least wanted because they were the reason for the destruction of my identity. And that's how I really came to know that I am not my mind. And in the first 30 years of my life, I really, really struggled with my body um with my with my form i should say not in particular my body or my weight uh, particularly but just my physical form just really trying to overcome it and find myself beautiful and there's a lot of there's a lot there was a lot of energy there because there's a a push and there was a pull and so there was a there was such effort and such trying that it never um it did give me some i guess it raised raised the baseline of my understanding and even peace that i wasn't my human form but it again doesn't compare to the the knowing that I have now when I look at my hands and I think that I, um, that there's just something inhabiting this, this body and, and that it's nice to be in this body. So there's a, there's a contrast there in trying to overcome my mind And just totally um, letting go of my mind or letting go as much as possible in the moment, which is completely, you can let go of your mind completely in any moment. We have that power. And so when I let go of both the push and the pull and, and um, the bad and the good and the effort and the trying and the resistance and, and the resistance and the trying and the effort and the trying and all, all polar ends, all opposite ends, that's, it's then that I realize that I'm nothing. 
So I think it's this, um, it's this nothingness that has been the most beautiful and um, the most worth it and greatest realization. Just this isness, just this life, just this vastness, just this emptiness. There is no trying here, there is no effort. There is no being anything. And for that, it is the best place to be, and I'm grateful that we are always, always here. And I think it's this realization that, um, you know, um, Two years ago, when I first had my awakening, I started to realize that I'm not my mind, and um, I knew that conceptually. Um, when I started to have all these thoughts, and, and my best friend helped me to point out that there's, well, he, he asked, what did they mean to you? And I started to, started to attribute to myself um, that there was some kind of, some kind of significance that I was giving these thoughts. And that took a while, that took a while to understand because it just felt like my mind was out of control. And I was just having so many triggers accompanied by anxiety in my stomach. And I would think to myself, what, what, is, what am I doing to myself? What is happening in my body with all this anxiety that is every time that I feel a sensation, that must be cortisol um, being released in my body. And I would just pray that that my body would be taken care of, that I'd be taken care of. Before I realized this truth, really truly realized that I'm not my mind, it, it was a process of, of three years almost, um, of really, really understanding of, of first having all these thoughts and then slowly coming to realize or have an idea that there was some, some importance. Um, and it was confusing because I think a lot of what fed them was my, um, what I previously thought was ADD, 
my ADD. I thought that made it even more confusing because I couldn't tell between that and, um, I couldn't be tell between that and, and if it was that or the importance that I was giving and it felt like it was just so muddled because the, because of the, what I thought was AD, ADHD tendencies. And I could tell that the more that I, um, fed a thought, thought about that thought or let that thought play out, the more that it would, it would be prevalent. The more that it would come back, the more that it would, the more that it would come, the more space and time it would occupy in my mind. And I'm not, I'm not sure if that's ADD anymore. I just know now that in my mind, whatever thought plays out and is allowed to play out for more time will exist in my mind for more time. So I don't necessarily know that that's my ADHD tendencies that's contributing to it, or maybe it's just a facet of the mind that whatever thoughts are there that you identify with, whatever stories that the mind is playing, that the more that story plays, the more it will play, the more important or the more prevalent, the more prevalent it will be in the mind. And I don't know if it's just, um, if it's just that I had to go through this process and I guess I did because this experience is mine. It's under my belt. So my consciousness must have chosen this for me to experience. And the things that we experience in this lifetime are our play of our consciousness and our consciousness chooses for us to experience somehow we we want to experience it and there are other things that we don't choose to experience and we don't want to experience or because of that we don't experience But my consciousness chose this play. Really, um, I guess I really wanted to understand all of this. <laughs> I also wanted to understand the 14 years after my dad died and how I depended on my mother for my emotional attachment and well-being. My consciousness chose that play for me too. And that first play really helped me to understand and know that I am 
my own emotional stability, that I am my own choice as to how I feel. I choose that. And the second play that my consciousness chose in these last three years is that even the the thought of emotional stability or well-being or even my my ego wants to come in here i can feel it i can sense it even all of this is um not the truth it's not the highest truth And to find even a higher truth than what I found before is um, is the most gracious blessing. It's really a gift and um, something that I'm most grateful for in this lifetime. So... That's where I've been with my awakening. And it's interesting because the first awakening that I had in my early 20s, I just, I realized that I have a choice. That I have a choice to be happy and that I have a choice to respond to what happens in my life in the way that I choose to, and that the story I tell is, is how I interpret it. I interpret anything. It's not the story that is simply passed on to me or that I hear other people around me telling. And the second awakening that I've had in the last three years Let me know that I'm not even a choice and I'm not any story. That I just am. And I have been so blessed. There's really not much I can say. But thank you. Thank you.